passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. That's right, I caught a very serious case of vertigo. But you know what? I'm feeling a lot better tonight. When Ryan when it's time to begin, it's on the rewind around with John Pollock and waiting the 18. That makes sense that these things we see in the ring every week on TV. It's rewind around for Monday night. Download a Tuesday morning from the post wrestling site. It's rewind around for Monday night on USA now on the John and Way take the mic. Hello and welcome to Rewind a Raw. I'm John Pollock along with Wei Ting, and thank you for listening tonight everybody uh-huh how are you good did you have a nice weekend oh yeah of course i did did you make it to your big movie spoiler free yes i did wow so yeah. 10 50 p.m on saturday night you Dude, sat down i was so nervous i mean i as i mentioned on uh uh some of our reviews over the weekend um i i used muted words on twitter to make sure that I, I I didn't even any chance of like a, a retweet or any mention of, of a potential spoiler, I made sure I blocked. Uh, Colby Covington, he's on my perma block list. I never Whoa. I never I never even followed the guy, but just to know his reputation, I, okay, I he's going to do this for every major ex- movie. Exactly, I'm, I'm blocking blocking him for a year in advance before next year's uh, Infinity uh, sequel. See, everyone talks about Colby Covington and what he has said about Brazilians and like if he were to go to the country, like would he be in danger? I would say if Colby Covington is going to get attacked by somebody violently, it's going to be a Star Wars fan or a Marvel fan. Oh yeah. I I don't I think that's that's the population he needs to be worried about. I I mean uh perhaps less so, uh but sure, yeah. I, I think it's I if I heard a story of him being violently attacked on the street, I would be like, "Yep, guy had it coming." <laughs> uh, are, do you want to talk about this at the end of the show? We'll do it at the end because I know a lot of people are very uh, paranoid, probably even right now, for people who haven't seen it. We're not going to talk about it. We will wait right until the end, and we will give lar- big warnings 
before yeah. we even discuss it. I don't even know if we should do a spoiler review. Maybe we should just do a non-spoiler review. Okay, we'll do non-spoiler review today. Or we could do a spoiler review. Okay. I don't know how to do a non-spoiler review. Like, how do I talk about what I thought sure. about the movie okay, without enough. ruining well, it? Let's talk about it at the very end when we're done with feedback, when we're done with everything. Okay. Avengers Infinity War. Discussions. You know, this this weekend, I watched more movies this weekend than I've seen this entire year. By really? watching three movies. What have you seen? I watched I watched Infinity War on Thursday. Thursday? Yeah. I think so. Yeah, yes. you watched it opening night. On Friday, I watched this uh this movie, this Aaron Sorkin film called Molly's Game, about this true story about this uh person running this like poker game. This very this like high stakes poker game. Okay. And then she was indicted. Uh and then I watched you know what I watched on Sunday? And I wasn't even planning to watch the whole thing. I sat down and I started watching that Bruno San Martino documentary wow. that they did in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. How long? I watched the entire thing. How long is it? It's two hours on YouTube, but that also includes commercials in there. So it's probably closer to 90 minutes. It's incredible. Yeah. With all due respect to the WWE Network version, they they follow him going not just to Italy, but up the mountain at... Valaraca, where wow. him and his mother and sister and brother, who are all interviewed, minus the mother who died in 1995, they're all interviewed and they're all sharing these stories. This mother, I'm not even joking. Like, there should be monuments in this woman's honor. This woman should be taught in schools. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Bruno tells not just the story about all of them being lined up by the Nazis. And then the Nazis get uh, disposed of. But there was another story where the soldiers caught their mother once as as she was going back to the city to get food and loaded her on a truck with all these other uh, people that they had captured. And as they're driving, she dives off of the truck into, into into the forest to escape. It is incredible. Like, it's just unbelievable to hear this story. And that's the first hour. It's like the wrestling is so secondary in the documentary. It's a very little portion of it. But, man, you just see from Bruno just... He he says, like, everything in his life is is based upon his his mother. Mm. And it's really something. Uh, Wow. So... Anyway, if you really like the WWE Network version, you should go search this. I posted both in our... There's two documentaries uh, that were in the Sunday update from this past weekend. Uh, I watched the uh, the hour and a half version. Uh, so anyway, I recommend that. So cool. there you go. Three movies I watched wow. this weekend. You were busy. And I watched some New Japan that I'll chat about later. Um, anything else, Way? Anything going on in, in the world at large? Uh, well, uh, it, we are uh, coming to the end of April. Here at uh, for probably the busiest month in professional wrestling, I would say. Yeah, this was a really packed one. Yeah, uh, and as a result, probably one of the busiest months for us. And uh, we uh, posted uh, recently a post wrestling cafe update on our Patreon page. So all of you patrons out there, even if you're not a patron, you can go out and check it out uh, and see what uh, we did in April and see what's coming up for the month of May. What else is coming up on the website this well, week? This week. We're diving into May, which is going to be a very busy week. We've got our regular shows this week. We've got Rewind to Smackdown Tuesday night. Wednesday, it's 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 a double post, as I'm going to call it. We've got the now-named Post Pirorasu with 
WH Park. Him and I will be uh, together chatting that. I, I should have given you the pop filter for, for that. That's a really You're tough gonna one. You're going to need one. Here. Yeah, yeah that's, I'm not repeating it, so we're okay. Uh, Wednesday as well, we will have a new edition of the British Wrestling Experience, which I have confirmed all three back together for the first time since WrestleMania with Wonderful. Martin, Ollie, and, and Benno. Yes. Then on Thursday, we've got a brand new edition of Up Next with Davey and Braden Harrington. They will be chatting NXT from this week. Did you watch NXT last week with the angle with Ciampa and Gargano? I saw the angle, yes. And I Very saw good angle, I thought. Yeah. I love yeah. that cutaway where he's got, going to the ambulance and the camera pans and he's just standing on the roof mm-hmm. waving. What a great mm-hmm. visual. Mm-hmm. If I had one minor critique, I thought the show should have ended on that. I didn't need to watch this Aleister Black, Eric Young, which was the blow off to sanity. But mm-hmm. I guess you needed to take care of uh, your outstanding issues on the show. But nonetheless, it was a good NXT last week. And then on Friday, it's bonus time for the cafe members. As Wei and I are going to be reviewing New Japan's Dontaku cards, which are going down Thursday and Friday. Because why do one card, Wei, when you can do back-to-back cards? Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's... There are those two shows, but you're also forgetting the return of Ask Away, which is coming out. It w- should I put it up on Thursday? Uh, I've kind of just left it up in the the ether that it's going to drop. You just don't know when. There's it's just so drop. much stuff. So like we it'll if we got spread some stuff out. Yeah, if not Thursday, it'll be Saturday. But this will be another uh, double bonus show week. Uh, just uh, uh, yeah, plenty of shows. Pretty much more more than one show a day if you're interested. Two bonus shows you will get this week. And then Sunday, uh, free show, Way and I will be reviewing Backlash, mm-hmm. which feels um, like the number three show of the past 30 days that the WWE has presented. Well, not even, uh, probably lower than three if we mm-hmm. include like TakeOver in there as well. Mm-hmm. So we are going to chat all about that. But first, we will start off with Monday's episode of Raw, their first of two nights at the Bell Center in Montreal. My vote for where this company should relocate and just run television out of every week. Montreal. Ooh, it would be a very different uh, product, I would say. This should be a French, uh, a French product, all en français. <laughs> I think everyone should be learning French promos and... Pat Laprade should yeah. uh, replace Michael Cole. Yes. Yes. This is, uh, this is what this company needs to do. You want to get Roman Reigns over? He should be La Roman. Wow. Um, with Jacques Rougeau coming out of retirement to assist him. Okay. What an awesome crowd. Oh, yeah. This put to shame the night after WrestleMania crowd. 10-8 round for Montreal. I would say so, yeah. They, this opening segment felt like it was something out of the year 2000. Mm -hmm. It felt like the night after Backlash 2000. That's what it felt like. A hot crowd that made everyone feel hot, that... If you had any arguments about the roles certain people are in, this was a Louisville slugger to the head to knock the sense into you. About just, <laughs> like you had the biggest baby faces in the world meeting the biggest heels in the world. Mm-hmm. And somehow in this in this wild company, uh, these roles are actually reversed and would lead to a, a stunning six-man tag. But Roman, Reign came, Roman Reigns came out. This man... Hate is not even the level that this audience had for them. Just total contempt. We had a sign in the crowd that read, Woman Reigns. Mm. Substituting a R for a W. Oh, yeah. What was even more bizarre was that it was a woman holding this up. 
that felt that the gender was the insult here. Well, maybe she's calling herself. Oh, that she is woman reigns. Maybe it was just a statement, you know, woman reign. That'd reigns. be a really hard name to say five times straight without saying wo- woman wanes. Yeah, it's as tough as a re- rewind a raw. I'm still getting used to it. Yeah. Jonathan Coachman is back. And he commends Michael Cole and Corey Graves for, quote, what you did over there. (laughs) And (laughs) it was kind of bizarre on this show that Michael Cole was the only one that was addressing what happened on Friday. Like he was given all the reads, all the plugs. It just seemed very apparent to me that Michael Cole was the only person they wanted covering Hmm. Friday. Hmm. Did this feel like a a strange... I don't know. I don't know what to make of uh, Friday now. It it just seemed that this show, it was almost as though they were di- they were promoting it in a very different way than you would maybe have expected. I, I thought they actually probably covered it more than uh, I kind of um, expected in, in the sense that like when I, I came out of Friday just looking at that show like it was just a glorified house show. But the way it was presented on this show, I think they treated it with uh, about like the importance that they typically treat their you know, pay-per-views with. And they were pushing it as the first step in uh, evol- of Saudi Arabia evolving, yes. I think was the, the wording they used. Yes. That was the first step was on Friday. Mm-hmm. So that That's is- been the narrative for, for this entire Vision 2030 thing. It's, you know? it's not the narrative from the General Sports Authority. Yeah. Well, put they, out a pretty definitive statement to the contrary. Surprisingly, that article wasn't uh, wasn't as uh, part of the highlight package that they uh, displayed. They the only had earlier. so much space; yeah. they they couldn't fit in all the publicity. So, I mean, for that highlight package, they showed articles from like ESPN and like Yahoo and 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 basically all these major sources. But I I'm assuming like a lot of those sources perhaps had their own critical articles. Uh, I'm assuming I don't know, but that listen. Of all the, I don't, I don't, don't the- want to use the word manipulative, but that video package where it was only crowd shots of children, women were the only ones interviewed or families. There was one man, but he was with his family. Like it was just such a, probably the most overthought video package they have put together that it had strict guidelines of how this video package was going to be put together. And the overall message being sent. Which is? It was just presenting this. This is all progress. Look at all these women that attended the show. Look at these kids. I mean, this was clearly like a directive of this video package of how this was going to be presented as opposed to just randomly go find some fans and interview them. I mean, we had one. The the man that was interviewed works in a, a thank you to the General Sports Authority for bringing the WWE. Yeah. To no, the country. Yeah, no doubt all of the promotional material is, is is being created to, you know, fit fit that narrative. But that's the case for all their video packages. You know? That's nothing nothing new for professional wrestling. Yeah. This one, I mean, is more designed for a government rather than your own company. I think people just they expect a WWE package. It was done be, for the highest bidder. Yeah. That, that's that is what it is. Mm-hmm. They replayed the cage match finish and explained how Roman's feet hit the hit the floor first. And Chad Patton, the referee, tweeted that he made an incorrect decision and apologized. With Angle 
backing up the referee, calling the decision final. And yeah, no angle on the show. Kurt was not on the show. He and was I, only, uh, his tweet was recapped. Didn't even get a screenshot mm-hmm. on this. I event. actually remembered last week, we forget to mention that Paige wasn't even on SmackDown last week. No, maybe we're quietly going GMless maybe. for now. Um, then Corey notes, things are certainly a little different here in Montreal, Quebec, Canada. And Coachman says, it's like night, it's like the night after WrestleMania crowd. All I want to say is that this this audience to me was what a, what a godsend. They made this show for me. They, they were certainly given the uh, bizarre world treatment from the announcers here. Yeah, a bit at the start, and then I mean throughout the show though, it was really only Roman that they were against. It was the pro Sammy and Owen. Yeah, uh, which I mean could hardly have been coming out of left field for them. I mean they had to have known. Oh my and God. this this scripted the show around it. Reigns says he's not making any excuses. You saw the footage and the referee's tweet, so he's the real champion. Mm, They can't reverse the the decision is what they said. Yes, but he is going to consider himself the real champion. Big chance of Roman sucks. He says he's not the champion yet, but he's a man of his word, and he kept his word. He beat Brock Lesnar in that cage, and he's never going to lose faith in himself. And Brock isn't here tonight, so he's turning his attention to Samoa Joe who, like clockwork, appeared on the screen to an enormous reaction. He said that Roman would lose to Lesnar, and he did lose, and he's going to put Roman's downward spiraling career to sleep at Backlash. This prompted Jinder Mahal to come out with Sunil Singh, and Jinder cannot stand someone that's making excuses, whereas he has a legitimate excuse because Jeff Hardy cheated, but he does not complain. He goes on about Roman... He's going to lose on Sunday, but tonight he's going to lose to Jinder. Mahal gets into the ring and then Sami Zayn comes out. This reaction was deafening. What an ovation. Oh my God. Yeah. I can't remember probably a reaction like this. For Sami Zayn or oh, in general? I mean, I think you have to go back to some of the biggest Daniel Bryan reactions. Maybe. Um, it sounded very loud. Uh, maybe not since uh, Sami Zayn's debut in Montreal. Right. And his shoulder stayed intact in this one. Yes. So that was good. It's just, just incredible. He immediately name drops Montreal and then he speaks French. It's like this audience was just, if they, I was surprised they weren't just throwing like $5 bills at him. Like this man was just catering to them and they were so happy. Zane says he was not allowed to go to the greatest Royal Rumble. Due to a severe case of vertigo, which, if you go back and listen to how this audience reacted, it was like they paused and chuckled at this bullshit. And said, but I'm feeling a lot better now. Part of me is even surprised that they would even mention anything. Instead of just treating it like nothing ever happened and Sami Zayn just, you know, oh, he just missed his flight, for instance. He really gave this reason, like, the ultimate Mm tongue-in-cheek delivery. That Mm -hmm. everybody in this building new yeah and it's funny because kevin owens was all over montreal media mm-hmm. and i wonder what kind of question Sami Zayn would have gotten if he was the one out doing media which you would assume he would have been doing for these shows in montreal and they were probably glad he wasn't doing media because i could mm. see him getting asked a lot of questions i don't know how you could interview Sami Zayn on this monday and that not dominate the conversation. That would be a situation where I think the WWE handler, handler would double check with the, the interviewer to ensure that 
these questions were necessarily asked. I'd refuse the interview if they said that to me. I don't know how you could interview this guy after that and then not bring it up. Well, Uh, he himself, I'm sure, is told not to say too much about it. Well, these are the kinds of compromises you make when you're making decisions based on uh, stuff like this. He says he's feeling a lot better now and he's ready to go tonight. The whole crowd is chanting Sammy. This was big, but then Kevin Owens' music hits mm-hmm. and the place is shaking. It was like Austin and back in 2000. This was totally top babyface reaction oh, yeah. in the Attitude Era kind of response. Like, this just felt like these were the hottest characters in wrestling. Do you, do you, do you, off the top of your head, do you know when was the last time they might have appeared in, in Montreal? They were, the last time they did Raw in Montreal was four years ago, mm-hmm. 2014. Was Kevin Owens a part of the No, roster? they wouldn't have been up at this point. So this was a, the first time? This is the first time wow. that, yeah, this is the first time they would have done TV because SmackDown hasn't mm-hmm. been in Montreal for years. Right. So obviously Zane has appeared uh, as part of his debut in Montreal, but. Oh, that's right. He debuted, well, that would have been the last time they what were. Kevin Owens, though. Owens debuted, um, 2015 it doesn't really matter my point is like it's hard for me to remember an ovation this big for kevin owens or a Sami Zayn, or really for for most most of the roster right like it was that loud yeah very memorable so Sami Zayn, uh Sami Zayn's out there owens comes out michael cole says that kevin owens grew up 30 minutes away coachman says it was 45 minutes away Cole says, no, I checked with Owens and he said 30. This was enough that it forced me to go to Google Maps. <laughs> 31 minute drive. To which some dick responded to me, said, yeah, but Kevin Owens is really fat. So his car would take longer. <laughs> oh, God. Just assholes. Depends on traffic too, right? Yeah. What time of day? I just... Coach why, has just become so annoying. Why even spend the time to argue about yeah, something, I, something I don't like know. that? I don't know at all. Owens spoke French. This place is going crazy. Mm -hmm. He knows that Sami Zayn can beat Roman Reigns, but he suggests that Owens face uh, Reigns. The whole crowd is chanting, we, and Owens translates. He says, that means yes. That means they like this idea. And Owens surveys the crowd, and then Owens attacks them. They jump him, and they all cheer when they're beating down Roman until Bobby Lashley runs down. Imagine being Bobby Lashley. This is your role. You're being booked as a babyface, and you're going to be the guy to go out and save Roman Reigns from the angry Canadians. <laughs> All three of the Canadians, by the way. Yep. And this, to me, was my confirmation mm-hmm. that Braun Strowman is your number one guy. Mm-hmm. Because even Montreal... Even this guy coming to save Roman Reigns, they would not boo Braun, Braun Strowman. It's certainly like this episode served as a great test for Braun Strowman to see what he could withstand. Could he withstand uh, being a babyface against the hometown antagonist? And the answer is a resounding yes. They cleared the ring of Owen Zane Mahal and the six-man tag was booked for later. And when we look at Roman Reigns and forget his... Long-term booking, just the last 30 days, okay? From WrestleMania to the Joe promos running him down to this failure with the asterisk at the steel cage match. Mm -hmm. And here is our guy that we still believe is this number one guy. So what are we going to do at Raw in Montreal? We're going to put him opposite Owens and Zayn. And it's just like they're not doing him any favors either. 
Well, I question, you know, for a town like Montreal, how how much they were their their intent is to get him cheered. I think they just for towns like this, they accept the fact that Roman is going to get booed. So let's run with it. You know, this is bizarre world. So we'll let our baby faces get cheered and we'll let our heels. But this is the case everywhere. Mm, yes. And it's only Montreal that they felt the desire to put him in this heel role, which mm-hmm. even if you're arguing, well, it's Montreal, he's going to be hated. Like they linked Braun with him yeah. to offset that. Mm-hmm. Why are you putting Braun in that position other than to augment the reaction for Roman Reigns? Like yeah. they they position them to the television audience as the baby faces in all of this. Well, the I guess the other idea is, you know, they are booking for the TV audience at large or not necessarily just for Montreal. Yeah, somewhat, but I mean, this was, it was just a very strange to me handling of Roman Reigns in that I just, I don't know what they want out of Roman Reigns. What is the reaction you want out of this guy? I think they just want him to be the focal point of the show. They want him at at this moment, at least to be um, the guy that everybody is thinking about and talking about. Um, I don't even think he's that. I mean, he was certainly a standout on this show for the amount of uh, negative reaction he received, uh, as he is often. Um, I mean, you can argue whether or not that that'll work. You know, certainly it's not working. Yeah, like it's to me, this guy should be off television for three months. We can go back to one of our shows, probably from three years ago, where we are having the exact same conversation. This this thing is nothing new. You know, they're they're pushing regardless. The difference is now, though. They have somebody in a Braun Strowman who is a worthy replacement for him, which they, I mean, I guess they... Look at the the response Seth Rollins got. Seth Rollins felt like a way more viable babyface to me on this show. Yeah, but uh, Braun way more than Seth, though. Yeah, but I'm just just saying that all this, like, this to me is just, listen, and I've been one that has looked at the Roman push and not been as critical as everyone, but this is a dead end. If you're asking for, you know, a a list of top five babyfaces on this edition of Raw, yes, Roman would probably not be among them. Elias is in the ring. He is a gift and a special for the people to see him. The audience just loved him. And he asks the audience, who saw the greatest Royal Rumble? There was goddamn silence to this question. I'm kind of curious, actually. This felt like like a very... um, Niche show? This audience, it just seemed like the vast majority knew of all the problems attached with Friday's show. Um, In the instances where it was brought up, Hmm. um, we saw... What do you mean? How could you tell? um, This response to me was pretty notable. Like, this was just such an easy... They were responding to everything with Elias. And when he quizzed them about this greatest Royal Rumble, let's also remember, that Sami Zayn story, I think, is pretty well known now. Sure. And I think that a lot of this audience knew that their own guy was left off this show for those reasons. Mm -hmm. Uh, Second, I mean, we even had a a sign in the crowd uh, about, you know, we uh, we allow women. I Mm -hmm. mean, there was... Clearly, uh, to me, uh, an understanding of this crowd. Like, this was not a, a small minority that were aware of this greatest Royal Rumble. And I'd be curious, the the audience at large, of how they view that show on Friday. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's a small bubble. Elias took on uh, Bobby Roode, who was now the fifth Canadian up to this point on the show. Yep. Very Canadian. Including uh, Sunil. Uh, Sunil, Jinder, Owen Zane, and now Bobby Roode. Cole plugs Elias and Bobby Roode's performances in the Rumble with Elias going 35 minutes. Elias was in control. They went through a break. 
And tonight was the night of the rear chin lock. Your favorite way. There were a lot of them on this show. Well, how, how else can I see their facial expressions unless what? you frame them with a, with a rear chin lock? I will say this, and this is a, a real credit to the, uh, the main event with Rollins and Balor, but this, this roster had to have been just mm-hmm. exhausted yeah. from all this travel. There was, um, there was the story that a bunch of them that had to get here, like their, their, their changeover flight in New York got canceled and they had to drive here. Yeah. After the Saudi Arabia flight. Mm-hmm. It's like, I, I can't imagine the fumes that some of these guys are going on. Thank God they get the rest of this week off now until Sunday. Uh, so this was a new isolating the body part because we had a kick to Bobby Roode's throat as Elias worked over the throat and Rude started his comeback. He called for the glorious DDT, but it was blocked. And then he was on the outside of the apron and he was run throat first into the post. He went down to the floor as if he was choking to death. And the referee waves off the match. He's calling for help. Bobby Rude is selling that he is just, uh, needs the Heimlich maneuver. And Elias declares himself the winner via throat stoppage. You kid, I I mean, I liked it. I thought Bobby Roode did a really good oh job. Oh my God. The drive into the exposed turnbuckle rod was was excellent. The impact looked and sounded really good. And then a big tumble to the floor as well from Roode. And great selling from Roode after the fact. So, I mean, I, I, I bought into this. I feel like um, the throat targeting is certainly not a coincidence with somebody like an Elias. I believe perhaps this will end with Roode, you know, being uh, unable to talk and therefore wanting to target Elias's throat so that it'll affect his career. Oh, wow. Yeah. A vocal cord match. Yeah. That could be wonderful. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, this was not announced for the pay-per-view, so it looks like this this feud will just extend. Yeah. If I was going to nitpick, I think that y- y- you're doing such a serious selling job here mm-hmm. that Elias just getting onto the microphone, it just hits everybody. You, it's like, What do you mean? Is it's just, just this wrestling bullshit. Well, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't think it ruined it at all. I mean, I think you want you want the villain to take credit for it and show no remorse after the fact. I think it's way more effective to try and compound the seriousness. I of don't it. know, because if you if you made it serious and if you you're suggesting that Elias himself would be concerned about it, but I don't think you want the audience to feel that way. You want the audience to feel like Elias is taking credit for this. You could just see him walking to the back. And you're left with, mm. like, that was something different. It's more emphatic to hit for him to, to, to say something. To I, me, that was just the, the pin in the balloon of what, what you're trying to do here. Well, uh, despite, um, you know, the uh, I thought the angle was really good. The match, I felt, was an improvement over their previous uh, week's uh, outing. Um, I still feel Root is incredibly vanilla, though, right now. Uh, I'm hoping, you know, over the course of this angle, he develops something. Um, but I, I did enjoy the, the angle. Next up was the authors of pain with our sixth Canadian in Acom yeah. taking on Jean Paul and Francois seven and eight. I'm assuming. <laughs> yeah. We're assuming. Do we know who, who these two I are? I don't know who these two are. Mm. Uh, they were interviewed in the back by Charlie with Jean Paul, which I thought was a pretty terrible French accent that he was trying to put on. Oh, really? And I mean, Francois sounded a little more authentic, but I have no proof if these two are Quebecois. Could have fooled me. Like I, 
Some, okay, if you're telling me, like, I bought it, you know? I certainly wouldn't buy a Finn Balor or a Seth Rollins speaking French as... Jean Mappel. <laughs> but Jean Paul, I thought it was okay. It's kind of tough for, to think of uh, names more generic for two French Canadians than Jean Paul and Francois. So Amazing. I, I thought they, they nailed that pretty well. Uh, they got their own uh, interview backstage, music coming out. Mm-hmm. And then they were murdered by the authors of pain with the super collider and last chapter one minute and four seconds also featuring Corey Graves putting over Canadian healthcare. <laughs> Great. Thanks. I, you know, um, I would say, I don't think, uh, this necessarily served to create that negative of a reaction for AOP because I don't really think Montreal felt that sympathetic for, uh, Francois or Jean-Paul here, their hometown baby faces. Uh, however, I thought it was really nice to see that they're giving AOP the squash match treatment. It's a, it's a formula that's worked pretty well for them in the past uh, with guys like Braun Strowman and the Bludgeon Brothers. So I thought that was a positive. The promos, uh, they yelled. They did both do just the generic screaming wrestler promo. And I definitely feel like it's a case where uh, they would be stronger with a manager, even if it's not Paul Ellering. Yeah, and... I think that you're going to see a similar treatment to these two as the Bludgeon Brothers, where this will be their progression for for months because it feels like the top heel tag team is going to be Dolph and Drew McIntyre, Mm -hmm. and they are kind of going to be background players for as long as that team is in the title hunt, which I would imagine is going to be the tag title program. Because they are the heels. Yeah, yeah. So Mm -hmm. Michael Cole plugged all the coverage of the Greatest Royal Rumble and... Just a very sanitized version of, I would say, oh, I'll say, a lot of the reporting. It's just straight recaps, pretty much. I mean, I, I checked a lot of these sources, and there were like they were just basically straight recaps from ESPN, Bleacher Report, Yahoo. Uh, some actually, one of the articles had some pretty critical things to say, but it was like further down in the article, not as part. Oh, of the it didn't fit cap. onto the screen. No, no. Cole said that much was made of women and children attending the show. As Saudi Arabia evolves into a more progressive country under Prince Mohammed bin Salman. Well, well I think it's important. Obviously, the, the criticism is important to mention, but I think it's also important to note that, I mean, I've seen people from that part of the world saying that for, for them, this was a positive baby step, you know? I think that everyone needs to look at progress can be defined in many different ways Mm -hmm. the progress saudi arabia is looking at is just the fact they're bringing this entertainment to their country Mm -hmm. whereas i think i look at progress as more equal rights and that's not happening and that's not something i think anyone should be expecting that statement coming out was just an emphatic line in the sand of what they are bringing like they do not want what I think others are saying is one step forward. I mean, you mean, you mean in response to the ad that aired, the the ad that aired on the Greatest Royal Rumble yes. that featured women in the the lip syncing mm-hmm. promo, mm-hmm. they put out a a pretty harsh statement, I would say, about apologizing for this and stating like they have dictated to WWE there are to be no female performers in any f- shape or form, mm-hmm. and that is not going to change. Yeah. So, uh. I still don't necessarily think it, it, it takes away from the idea that this was perhaps, a, it, as minute as it was, perhaps still it was a positive step in that direction. Again, I can't, I don't feel qualified enough to say that. 
Uh, I'm just speaking for some of the people that I've heard from who who are from that part of the world or more knowledgeable from that about that part of the world. You know, I just think people are like are naive to think that the WWE is going to enact that massive of of a change yes. to a country that is very set in its ways, mm-hmm, and everyone knows what that is. Yeah. So that to me is it. I don't think that it, there should be this. Like, if that is going to change, it's not going to be because of pressure from the WWE. The right. WWE is being paid money, and we do not want to hear of your opinions and what you think. We yep. are paying you this to bring a sanitized version, in our view, of your product to our country mm-hmm. a couple times a year, and that's it. And you're going to take this money, and you're going to promote us, and we're going to dictate what kind of show we want. Yep. And that's what it is. It's just, And to me, it's, it's kind of laid out now. So you know what it is. Uh, Seth Rollins then comes out and he was treated as a hero here in Montreal. I, I wasn't really surprised because I think Seth is, you know, somebody that everybody, uh, this audience, I, I would say the, the audience that's representative of this bizarre world type of crowd obviously would love, but I was surprised at how much they loved him. Like for somebody, some guy, a guy who's not a hometown guy at all, a guy who, uh, who's French? I, I I definitely think could use a bit of work. They they gave this guy like a two minute, three minute long ovation. Yes, they were singing Olay. He's going over their travel schedule over the last month, which is insane. Yes, and this is with a European tour coming up in a couple of weeks' time. Mm-hmm. Um, this crew has just been run to death over the last month. Mm-hmm. Um, when you go from WrestleMania into the South African tour last week to Saudi Arabia, back here to Montreal. Uh, you had t- TV in between South Africa and Saudi Arabia here in the U.S. Um, it's insane. Like this is one of the crazier um, traveling schedules in such a small amount of time for this company, uh, at least in recent history. He says he doesn't want to be anything like Brock Lesnar, and this was after stating "Merci beaucoup." for the audience uh, and their reaction. He says, Brock isn't the legitimate champion because everyone saw Roman's feet touch first. And this audience really didn't want to boo this man, but they did not want to hear this from Mm -hmm. Seth Rollins. Mm -hmm. He says, that's the facts. He says, Brock only fights when the price is right. And Seth wants to be a fighting champion doing this for peanuts. And Finn Balor comes out and there was something different about Finn. Did you notice this? <laughs> I don't I, know if it was his hair. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I couldn't really tell. I had to like increase the saturation on my TV set. Yeah, sure. I could have sworn that there was a rainbow on his T-shirt. <laughs> and I'm not going to go on a rant here, okay? Of course not. No, I'm not. But it deserves it because... Uh, he, this guy went out of his way mm-hmm. to address this, yes. okay? And I'm going to read yes. what he wrote. I said this last week. I knew 100% he wasn't wearing this shirt on Friday. Yep. And that's not on him. And that's, listen, that's fine. You're, I'm not going to put that on the guy. I disagree with it, but none of us expected him to wear that on Friday. Certainly not. No. Okay. I... And he didn't wear it. And it was like, okay, completely expected. So he comes out on Friday and writes, my rainbow gear was a statement at WrestleMania weekend. Although the gear has not been worn since in six appearances, listing off the different places, my support continues despite any color choice, change, or laundry schedule. 
So amazing that this guy was able to do his laundry on Monday. So, I mean, laundry joke aside, the the insinuation is that his gear was basically only for WrestleMania week. It was only something done for that period, a limited amount of time. He retired it. Prior to this, it had nothing to do with whatever political uh, limitations were put onto him. Yes, to which... I would argue if if your insinuation, if your Finn Balor is that this was our decision. Anyway, then he wouldn't have come out tonight with it. Well, that's right? it. And it's to me, it's kind of you're you're making this statement like, well, this was our choice to do this. I'm like, well, to, if this was your choice, then you know what? You could you could make a statement in a place in the world where it's going to make the loudest noise. Oh, I didn't expect that. Well, not then then don't make a statement like this. Don't well, make it sound like it was your choice not to go to Saudi Arabia and wear this. I like I just say it for what it is. I, don't say anything at all. Exactly. I would prefer if if this was the case that Finn didn't offer any type of explanation. If he was just going to re-debut the shirt the next day. I mean, it's obvious then, you know, why you retired the shirt for this particular week if you're going to continue with it afterwards. So, why lie? It just it, it hurts your credibility. I'm sure he didn't, when he put that statement out, wasn't aware that he was going to be, he was probably told, you're wearing this tonight. We're going back to this. Maybe. I I don't know. But to me, putting the statement out, it's like, you only made yourself look bad mm-hmm. in this whole thing. And you could have just said nothing. Everyone understands what the deal is mm-hmm. the, of why you wouldn't be wearing that on Friday. Mm-hmm. So he interrupts and comes out and says, Je m'appelle Finn Balor. <laughs> How is this? Uh, did you have to do French throughout oh, elementary yeah. school? Not throughout, uh, from grade four to, for five years, yeah, grade four to nine. I had to do it, God, all of elementary school. Yeah. I did it through grade 10. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of French. Well, let's hear some then. Right. Out in one, out the other. Uh, he tells him to prove he's a fighting champion and defend the title against him. Curtis Axel and Bo Dallas come out. And they said they have to have a group conversation and reveal these T-shirts they've made up with their four faces on them, which these will sell if they put these up on their website. These goofy, shitty-looking shirts. How many will they sell? Wait, do you know how many stupid pieces of merchandise people (laughs) buy? I guarantee you this will sell. This would be hot for a week. But I mean, I don't know. It's like if you put Finn Balor and Seth Rollins, I'm sure that shirt uh, would sell. Just the two other faces. But you're including Bo Dallas and 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 Curtis Axel on, and I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I'd rock that. Wow, you don't think so? No, not really. They say to forget about the ideas of a new Shield or Balor Club. They put up four fingers and propose the four horsemen. Of the WWE, which is met with booze. Yeah. I was thinking they were going to go with a uh, better better joke, maybe. Like a BoJack Horseman reference or something. <laughs> I don't know if that would have been better. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Rollins and Balor go to discuss this. And Rollins imply, uh, states, that will be a hard no. And they attack them. And then Rollins is jumped from behind by Finn, and Finn lays out Rollins to set up our main mm-hmm. event for later tonight. Oh, I love that. I love that. Uh, this was like maybe the first bit of heel edge we've seen from Finn Balor. Um, I'm trying to think. 
Maybe his entire WWE run. Maybe he's going to come out and the big turn will be tearing his shirt off and say, Valor Club is for me. (laughs) That would work. That'd be awesome. Uh, but you know, when Finn Balor, like, here's the thing too, though, like he did that, the, the, what, the GTR, like whatever, uh, final cut thing. Yeah. And then stands above Seth, gives his big grin. Yeah. And when he does something heelish, it makes that smile so much more effective because it ceases to become just this thing he does on Instagram. And now it's like a maniacal evil grin and it, it it works so much better so seeing something like this makes me really want to see a finn balor complete heel turn yeah that that pose with the hands to his side nothing more punchable than that image definitely yes definitely but you know again you're gonna have to give up this this balor club for every everyone deal if you're gonna turn him heel and i don't know if they want him to turn yet for some of those reasons yeah, well, it wasn't overt. It was it was subtle. Yeah. Um, unlike the next character, Sasha Banks was interviewed by Charlie, and Charlie states that tonight Sasha's facing Ruby Riot with the whole Riot Squad out there, and asks, "Have you worked out things with Bailey so she can be in your corner?" Sasha says, "I thought our friendship would last the test of time. I don't know what's up with Bailey. She won't be out to help me with the Riot Squad." Fuck this feud. Yeah. I hate this feud. It's, 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 I hate it. It's gotten to the point where it's quite insulting because they're basically trying to men in black us and pretend the last two months did not happen for between Sasha and Bailey. All the stuff at Elimination Chamber. Like, like the, that locker room tag does not exist yeah, anymore. Yeah, like here's Sasha basically pretending that, hey, I don't get why Bailey's so mad at me. It's not like I did anything, you know, it's not like our relationship's that broken. Well, I mean, it's... Yeah. It, it, to me, like, they were building up at a very steady pace, and now they're just trying to bring it down without any, any real explanation. So I'm just kind of, I'm a little taken taken out of it right now. Ruby versus Sasha Banks. This was the second straight segment where this person had the We Want Women sign, and it made me start thinking, like, how do you go ahead and confiscate a sign like that? Like, I'm sure they didn't want that sign there. Oh, like, this is facing the hard camera. Yeah. Like, how do you justify taking a we, we allow women sign? I don't think you do. Well, as soon as I wrote this down, uh, this sign was never seen again after hmm. this. Banks hit the Meteora knees and then dropped Sarah on the floor and hit a baseball slide drop kick to Riot, setting up the commercial. They come back. Ruby's in control. She hit an inverted senton off the second turnbuckle, uh, mm-hmm. dropping on her back yeah, onto like a, Sasha. Like a trust fall type of senton. Yeah. It, it, this should be her new finisher, without a doubt. It got it got the biggest reaction I think Ruby Riot's received like since her main roster debut. Bank statement is applied, but then Sarah Logan distracts the referee, allowing Liv Morgan to help Ruby free. Banks then drives her knee into Ruby on the apron, takes out Morgan on the floor, and then kicks uh, Logan off the apron. Riot catches her with a right hand, Riot kick drops Banks from the turnbuckle, and Ruby pins Sasha Banks with the idea that it was three-on-one and Sasha couldn't overcome the numbers disadvantage and no Bailey on this show. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No Bailey on the show. I mean, again, I think it's a fine story that they told within the match of of the Riot squad ganging up on, on Sasha without help, but it really requires the viewer to completely forget about you know how far this relationship had eroded over the past couple months. Um, it's almost—it almost feels like as if you know they were peaking either for mania or for backlash even, and then at some point they just somebody told them, 
hey, we're going to try to build this thing out, drag this thing out for another three months. And here we are. Another interesting aspect is that with Backlash coming up, and this is the pay-per-view now with both brands, Mm -hmm. it's just, there's not enough spots for all this. Like there's no Sasha Bailey involvement on that show. Uh, Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt don't have a match on that show. Elias and Bobby Roode we talked about. Like you have all these feuds that you just don't have the spots now to pay them off at a pay-per-view. And they're probably just going to be settled on television or... I yeah. mean, the next pay-per-view isn't until mid-June, so like, it's it's a long wait until yeah, Money got, in the Bank, and I don't think they'll be doing single... Like, Elias and Bobby Roode aren't going until June. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, you're, you're probably going to look at a lot of kind of stopgap Raws and SmackDowns that'll kind of have a more of a special feel to culminate a lot of these smaller feuds. Throughout the night, they were teasing Titus O'Neil addressing his Titus World slide from Friday. But first, we got our follow-up. <laughs> I was so happy when I saw this graphic. The moment of bliss. Alexa said, you never know when a bully will strike. It can happen at school, work, or vacation. For her, she was at Disney World with what she thought was her best friend, Nia Jax. And she had just made fun of her height and was making fun of whether she would be tall enough for all of the rides, including the Mad Teacup Ride. To which Alexa explained the dynamics of this ride. It's a cup. <laughs> you just sit in a cup. Is there no height requirement for the teacup ride? I think there is, actually. I think really? there is still because you if you're too small, you could you could like what's the danger though? You could just you shift can't inside. Fall. Is that, is I, that I, I don't know about the Disney World specific one. I'm thinking of the um the, lo- the log barrel ones at Canada's Wonderland that I'm pretty damn sure there's a height requirement Interesting. for. And first off, her delivery was A+. Plus. Yeah. The material was good, but the delivery was phenomenal. Yeah. She said how she was eating at Disney's, Disney World and Alex- Alexa was mocked by Naya, who had two turkey legs, one in each hand, and was asking for the kids' menu for Alexa. And Nia turned this into the saddest day ever. And Alexa's going to win her title back at Backlash. And this match is for anyone who ever had a Nia in their life. And she's not going to let the bully win. This was tremendous. This is some of her best work. This was, yeah, this was very good. I I love these. Um, Oh, there's a butt coming. Well, I wouldn't say this was as good as last week. To me, it didn't really have the ha-ha of last week. I thought this one was good, too. The crowd didn't really match it either. Like, the story here, obviously, it's it's a lie. But it kind of, like, I I feel a bit of sympathy for for Alexa. Why would Naya make fun of her height? It's you know? been kind of one-sided. Like, there's nothing involving Naya in this this build-up. But last until week, she... what was her story? Last week was... Um... This oh, was uh, the homeless woman um, taking her... Um... Remember, Alexa said she gave her food, and Naya stole the food away from the homeless lady oh, and okay. ate it and chewed loudly? It, it, you know, it doesn't even matter. But, like, uh, I would say I, I still love these. I think it helps add a ton of entertainment value and interest to this feud. Uh, showcases one of Alexa's uh, best aspects of her abilities. I think that. this has been one of the best matches built for Backlash. It's yeah. one of the few matches I'm interested in. And they haven't had to get physical, which is, you know, of course, uh, helps because um, Alexa needs time to recover from surgery. So uh, it's it's been a, a great idea. Renee was with Titus backstage, and Renee 
just wants to bring Titus up to speed in case he hasn't watched the replay of this gigantic fall from Friday. It was also his birthday on Sunday. Great timing. And Renee said, some people say you stole the show at the Greatest Royal Rumble. And Titus says, I love when a plan comes together, but then admits, I failed. And not many people get the chance to fall flat on their face in front of millions of people. But notes that Jennifer Lawrence did it at the Oscars one year. So I, 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 I never saw that Jennifer Lawrence thing. I decided to look it up. Did she trip going up the stage? This was... It was barely a slip. Okay. God. Yeah, she walked up the stage and missed a step and got right back up. It was nothing compared to Titus O'Neil's fall. So I don't, I don't know why he would have brought this up as a point of comparison. Baron walked in and just laughs at him and says, speaking with Titus is a waste of time. So was the next segment. Uh, Matt Hardy was reading from a book, The Light and the Darkness, and then we got another one of your favorites, going back into the uh, the drop-down menu of ideas, (laughs) photoshopping in 2018, Uh, putting Bray and Matt in bizarre historical context. You know, photoshopping, I think, the photoshop gag uh, can often work, um, but more so maybe at, like, a wedding with a wedding of like your really your friends who who aren't necessarily known to be entertainers like a wedding of like your uncle you know they might get a good laugh there <laughs> i think i ex- to me i expect a bit more from you know the the creative genius that is uh the broken universe well um we saw them landing on the moon together bray appeared cut a promo they are the deleters of world of the world what whatever the fuck <laughs> I don't even know why they were here. Like, God, send these people home. They have nothing to do. Well, they just wanted to tell people that they won the belts. Wonderful. Exactly. You couldn't have just taped this promo in Saudi Arabia and filed it? Maybe they did. My gut says they didn't. I hope, I I would hope that they did, because there were... There there were some, like, like the Joe thing obviously was done somewhere else. Yeah, the Joe Joe wouldn't Um, have been there. The the Ziggler... But Joe's still going to probably be on TV tomorrow night, so he's probably still having to get to Montreal. I just, God, after all this traveling, if you're not needed, uh, this would infuriate me. He might have been in the dark dark match. Great, thank you. (laughs) Really worth the effort to make sure that uh, the dark match fans are satisfied with three minutes of us. Then we go to the six-man. Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, and Jinder Mahal, the Canadians, versus Roman Reigns, Braun Strowman, and Bobby Lashley. The Americans. Mm-hmm. And the trophy from the Greatest Royal Rumble is at ringside. Lashley's music is very dull. Is this different from his old music? Yeah, I don't, I don't remember. I don't remember his old music at all. Like the, This it, is different, uh, but they're both plain. He didn't have great music before. Mm. There's, there was a fan sign that read, Please screw Roman. Mm. Zayn and Owens just kept tagging in and out, in and out to avoid Roman. And then Roman eventually hit both with a drive-by to set up the first break. We come back. Owens has been tagged in. The place is going nuts. He's in control of Lashley. This was when a man just casually stood up and flashed the audience facing the hard camera. And you caught that, like, perfectly. Well, I'll tell you why I caught it. Because the middle of this match, there was nothing happening. Mm. This was these guys catching up on rest <laughs> from all this travel. Because there was... They didn't have to do much, though, I mean, with this audience. No, I guess not. Because Owens and Zayn trading chin locks on Roman. Mm -hmm. Like, there was just nothing here. And Graves even mentioned that Justin Trudeau was here to greet Owens and Zayn when they arrived. Uh, 
I'm sure Sami Zayn would have a lot to sit down and chat with Justin Trudeau about. Oh, yeah. Reigns gets up, lands a Superman punch on Owens, a Samoan drop to Mahal, and the guy that was designed to get the hot tag was Braun Strowman, who mm-hmm. did get such a hot tag. I don't know if it would have worked out any other way. Like who's the who's the? But only isn't person? that isn't that everything you need to know? We can't even structure this match around Roman. Yeah, certainly. and they never do. It's always building up to Braun getting the hot tag. I know because he's know. the baby face. Well, they like him. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I don't think they're they don't realize that. Um, it's really interesting to you know think about what their long term plans are because I would say the reason I, I mean, don't think they have one. Well, the fact that they did they their, ha- their idea is a pie in the sky. This guy will be a top baby face, but they have no idea how to get there. But at the same time, like the the fact that they haven't given Roman the belt over the past two big shows that they've had in title matches, I think should suggest that maybe they're reconsidering. You're not crowning him at Mania. You're not crowning him at this other stadium show. I mean, is there still a point to do it, you know? Not right now. Exactly. So, I I mean, yeah. Maybe they've given up. Fingers crossed. But to me, if I was Roman Reigns, I, I would seriously, like, just be saying, you know what, guys? No, taking some time uh, off. Why? Because this is doing him no favors. Oh, this... I No, no what you, if he turns heel, like, he will be the hottest He's heel He's not turning company. heel. Well, we don't know that. He's not... He's not. He's been dancing on this line for years. Um, yeah. Anyway, this is a, a bigger discussion about Roman Reigns that we can maybe um, dedicate two hours for. Well, let's talk but. about in six months, when he's in the exact same spot he is right now. Uh, Owen's superkick Reigns, he went for this cannonball that this crowd was just going nuts. But Braun stopped him, grabbed him by the throat, and hit a running power slam and pinned Owen's. So I thought this was maybe the ultimate test for Bra- to, uh, Braun Strowman's, I think, likability. You know, you're putting him in, in in this Montreal, very hostile crowd, and you're having him pin your hometown favorite guy in Kevin Owens. Despite that, the crowd still cheered Braun at the end. Obviously, they were disappointed, but at the same time, they weren't that disappointed. They didn't turn on Braun Strowman. They were, mm, I wouldn't say just as happy, but... They didn't hate Braun Strowman for pitting their hometown guy. All right. This is where I think they did the opposite in that this was just designed for this crowd to, I I think, just have the air let out here because I don't think so. Okay. What did they do in the next segment? They announced a tag match for Backlash with Braun and Lashley versus Owens and Zayn after they beat them clean last week, Mm -hmm. pinned them clean here. Why do we need this tag match? God forbid Owens and Zayn get some heat in the city where it would be so easy right? to so, just do something. Like, at the very least, mm. you could pin Jinder or do something. Like, what? what is the impetus for this tag match on Sunday when they've been beaten clean two yeah. weeks running? That I don't like, know. Like, it didn't build to this match so in you're, any way. You're suggesting that they decided to... The original plan for this match should have been Zayn and Owen somehow winning and getting the advantage to to uh, to create a reason for At the match on Sunday. At least give me, like, something post-match. Do something to get some heat on them going into this match on Sunday. And mm. in Montreal, of all places, like, you had to beat Kevin Owens. That detracts from your pay-per-view yeah. and you're pinning this guy in Montreal. Like I almost expect it now in your hometown that of course they'll do this. So I think there's that. And, but also on the babyface side, who do you pin? 
Well, that was the bigger problem is that you put three baby faces you don't want to beat here, Mm -hmm. which that's all in your in your match layout, which if that's what you're doing, like, I don't think it would have killed them to have Owens and Zane cheat and they and they pin Lashley. Yeah, they could have. They could have done that. I just they, like to build to this tag match. I don't know why this tag match is happening mm. after we just saw this last week and the repeat here. Like it's even Owens taking the fall. Then we had a scenic of the Bell Center and Michael Cole noting the first step in bringing change to Saudi Arabia, which led to uh, the video package we talked about before with all the uh, the various people interviewed. Baron Corbin came out. He's here to make money and win titles. He's not here to make you laugh. And none of these guys are on his level. So out comes No Way Jose, who it was brought up, did intercollegiate ballroom dancing. Um, what? That's what I thought. Okay. I think it was Graves who asked if that was actually a thing. Might be. No Way Jose went to the top and missed a high cross and just crashed on the floor and then was run shoulder first into the post. Titus Worldwide came out. With the gag that Apollo and Dana were checking the ramp and wiping it down for Titus to come down to the ring. And then he climbed onto the apron. And he slipped. (laughs) There's nobody that can beat a horse more dead than the WWE. This was just so lame. I, I applaud them for capitalizing on the accident. I think, you know, if you see the reaction online to this thing, really, it would have been stupid to just completely ignore it. I understand that. But uh, doing it this way, it's it's not fun if the other person's in on the joke. It's only fun if some feelings get hurt. And when you're telling me that this guy is now, like, intentionally falling, you're just, you're a party pooper. It's, I'm, I'm moving on. Could you imagine if, if Titus, like, at the beginning of the show was just, he presented, like, an injunction to Kurt Angle that mm-hmm. you cannot air this clip because if you do, I'm suing Ooh. you for putting me in a dangerous work environment. Yes, that would be great. And you that. take the clip away from people, and then before the end of the show, they they somehow play it, and you get the big pop of finally seeing Completely. it. Completely. And I would, I think that would have been way better treatment of this thing. It would have still made it fun for people because make the, them want it. Exactly. The idea is that like we're laughing at this guy when we're not supposed to. When you're telling us that we're supposed to laugh, it's not fun anymore. And and I mean, Titus doing that wouldn't even make him a heel. Like he could still be a babyface. He just like he's a babyface who who doesn't want people to to embarrass him. You know, like he's ultra paranoid backstage yeah. now. He thinks like they're out to get him. He so, plays like a paranoid character. I, I think your idea is way better. I think they they missed the mark tonally about the, with this thing. I also don't think Titus is such a great comedic performer that I think he he's able to pull something like this off very well. It just it kind of kills it, kills it for me. Uh so in all of this, this was Serving to distract Baron, who was rolled up by Jose in 240. No way Jose beat Baron Corbin. Yeah. Also didn't make it to Backlash. Mickey James versus Natalia. Mickey comes out with Alexa selling her left arm from the shoulder lock last week. And Natalia comes out with her bestie, Ronda Rousey. Yeah, who uh, over the past week uh, has used Instagram to justify her relationship with the uh... Natalia. Yes, they were put on a blind gym date through Eve Torres, mm-hmm. and when Ronda was secretly training, uh, Natalia was helping her. Yeah. Which, I mean, Good. the two are legitimately oh, yeah. like, 
training together. It's not like they just pulled this out of thin air. Mm -hmm. Um, It just seems very forced on television. Yes. Like they're coming up. They're like arm in arm. Oh, yeah. You know something's up for sure. Yes. Uh, Natalia goes after the arm early and then uh, Mickey rolls to the floor. Mickey then nails her into the turnbuckle and Natalia is selling her knee stemming from the injury last week. And Alexa distracts Natalia to prevent the sharpshooter to Mickey. Rhonda stares down Alexa and she sprints after Alexa. She was running goddamn sprints here. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, Rhonda just chases after her. Natalia rolls up Mickey for the win, but she's selling her knee after the match. Bliss gets to the top of the ramp. Naya comes out, chases Alexa away, who is just running and running and running. And Naya enters the ring with Rousey and Natalia, teases a problem, but then lifts their arms up. And everyone's best friends. Yeah. Um, Were you surprised at all that um, nothing was set up for Ronda Rousey at Backlash? I was curious if they... Because this this show has nothing, marquee-wise, that I thought maybe they're just going to fast track a Ronda match which no, could headline the show I mean I was almost like a little wary of, of Ronda just coming out here uh, by Natty's side without her own entrance because yeah. I feel like I mean even up until last week Ronda still felt like a big deal you this know? was the first week where she felt like a woman on the roster exactly just a sort of another person yeah uh, perhaps you know her being a background player here maybe that's by design because she doesn't have a program coming up yet um, the focus should be on Natalia, uh, maybe right now, but I, I think it would be a mistake to just hot shot a match for, for the, for Sunday. It's a lesson that when we just chatted about backlash 2000 yeah. of how they utilized Steve Austin in that main event, it was not having him be, he was positioned as being in the rocks corner, but mm-hmm. they saved his appearance for in and out mm-hmm. later in the match. So it was most impactful yeah. and he felt like a star. Their exact worry was that him in the corner makes him feel secondary. Yeah. And that's kind of right. what Ronda was put in here. You can't do that with Ronda right now though. Like she, you're trying to establish her as somebody who's not a part-timer, somebody who, you know, is there every single week, even for your random bras like this. Right? Well, last week worked out well. Yeah, how many weeks can you do that? I, I agree, though. Like, maybe... I, I'm just saying that you, you want to make this woman feel like yeah. a star, which yeah. you do for any other male, too. I would say they can only go so far with her uh, regular appearances, um, getting special treatments, but certainly her matches should be reserved for special occasions. So, Owens and Zayn versus Lashley and Strowman is the only match that they added to Backlash onto the card. So, we're up to seven matches. Um, maybe they'll add something on... Maybe a match or two on SmackDown... We'll preview the show tomorrow, but I mean, I just, it seems like such a throwaway show right now. There's nothing big on the show. Like, I'm sure the matches are going to be fine, Mm -hmm. but it just feels like an unimportant show on Sunday. Drew McIntyre and Dolph were in a storage closet together. They were, (laughs) I was trying to figure out where these two were, because this was another selfie promo. (laughs) And like... In the chairs stacked up. Like, it looked like they had snuck into a closed restaurant with their shirts off. And decided to film selfie videos by themselves. <laughs> Drew says no one sounds like him because he's real. The others are coasting and playing video games. Ziggler says everyone else should be afraid and run off to SmackDown. They aren't here to steal the show. We'll just take it. Just kind of the same thing, right? The show takers. The show takers. Okay. Uh, you know what? I I really like these two as a tag team, and I'm amazed that I'm saying that, considering where, where Dolph Ziggler was a month ago. He didn't yell. So, 
I, I'm, there's just something, like, there's something cool about the combination of these two. One big guy, one small guy, and both guys could promo. And it, it's made Dolph, like, credible again. He feels like somebody who could be a champion in this particular division with this big guy. Um, and I think it adds something for, for Drew as well. So I, I'm surprised at, at how much I'm liking this combination. Yeah, I would like to see them get the titles. I don't want to see them feuding with Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt, though. I would I would just use that to right. get the titles onto them, and I don't think they're going to do that overnight. I think that they want to have some kind of sustained run, but also, I mean, who are your babyface tag teams outside of those two? You have, yeah. like, Owens and Zayn, the Authors of Pain, the Revival. It's all these heel tag teams that they have. Yeah, it doesn't look like they'll be bringing back uh, American Alpha um who who else are, are the uh Brizongo and uh uh what else <laughs> what am i thinking of dallas and axel uh, like these uh, are your the, tag the teams. ascension yeah 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 the ascension mm-hmm. like it's either goofball babyface teams or you have a large roster of heel tag teams i think uh, too many heel tag teams. i mean a feud with with bray and matt could be good um it's it it's a bit more on the wacky side, though, and I kind of see these two, McIntyre and Ziggler, as more of your serious, like, workhorse ty- types of tag team. Drew stating these two are characters out of a video game. Uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, Seth Rollins, Finn Balor, main event uh, for the, the Intercontinental title. Yeah. Balor uh, was clearly bothered by this cut over his right eye like it was giving him problems throughout the match it, that it clearly hasn't fully healed up yet and you can kind of see like it was nasty like, like, i know like i would almost feel like i don't know if he should be allowed to, to wrestle because like if in jujitsu if you had a wound like that i don't think you'd be allowed to roll did you see there was a cut to a guy on a cage warrior show over the weekend the worst cut I've ever seen. No, I, I it turned it. my stomach. It is so gross. Wow. If you guys have the capacity, typing Cage Warriors cut from this past weekend, oh my God. Like how bad on the scale of like, is there a wrestling comparison to this? Nothing. Wow. Nothing. Okay. It's skin flapping. No, no it's, thanks. It's done. fucking deep. No, no need. Rollins and Balor. So this wasn't too bad for Finn, is all I'm saying. Rollins uh, blocked a kick from the canvas, hit a blockbuster, went for two suicide dives the second he was caught, and Balor planted him with a DDT. And Balor goes for the coup de grace midway through the match and gets shoved down. Rollins then scales to the top for the superplex, but it's Balor that follows with the falcon arrow after taking the superplex, getting a near fall, and that really lifted up the crowd. Mm -hmm. They traded in Seguri's. Clothesline to the floor, and Balor hit a Topicon Hero. Then we had a running drop kick in the ring. Misses with the coup de gras. Rollins misses twice twice with the stomp. And they were just working at such a fast pace here at the end with roll-ups. Balor lands the sling blade. Rollins lands a super kick. And then on the th- third try, hit the stomp to pin Finn Balor. Really strong match between these two to uh, cap off the show. Easily, easily the best match on the show. Oh, yeah, yeah. I thought, it, I thought it was an excellent TV main event uh, in front of this great crowd who was very appreciative. Um, on a night when these guys are just dead. Mm-hmm. Um, really impressive considering the circumstances. As always with uh, with these two, I mean, they're really portraying the two of them as sort of like uh, mirror images of one another. Always very evenly matched. But, of course, uh, up until... Yeah, uh, yeah. Up until now, for this feud at least, Rollins is always getting the better of Finn Balor, and I believe uh, it is all a setup for Finn's justification to bring out the demon. 
and as a result of that, I think it's really important that they don't give Balor too many kickouts in some of these TV matches because it's, it's it's important to distinguish the differences in ring between Finn and the Demon. It's something I feel like they never really established earlier on, but now I feel like they're probably on the right track. Finn Balor can't kick out of the curb stomp, but perhaps the Demon can. So uh, I look forward to... Mm, I'm assuming Balor, or sorry, Rollins will beat uh, The Miz at Backlash and they will continue this feud somehow. So this episode of Raw, I mean, to me, it was the crowd really lifted this show. I, I don't know how this show would have translated with a with a dead crowd. To me, they were the best part along with that main event. Um, just I, for a go-home show, I just, I came out of this with no interest for Backlash. This did not feel like a go-home show, dude. Yeah, this, this was a, I'm going home show. <laughs> I mean, it felt like a show in front of a hot crowd. I think with some good matches, I thought, I thought the, you know, the Sasha, uh, um, uh, Mickey Ruby Ma- match, or sorry, Ruby match was pretty good too. Um, yeah, I thought Ruby yeah. worked well with Sasha. Yeah. And that's, you know, pretty cold match overall. Mm-hmm. I mean, where it's just kind of a backdrop. But uh, Backlash right now kind of just feels like like another big house show. Yeah, I would say if if what we've watched over the past week, a month with WrestleMania, the greatest Royal Rumble, like this is a, this is a C show. Like this is a very nondescript backlash we will still watch it though well and we, i think the matches could be yeah, very l- good listen man. i'm not looking at this Ro- as like a, a bad show coming up it yeah. just doesn't i i don't have a whole lot of interest like, in it going in roman and joe they always roman and joe will be good uh styles and nakamura that could that yeah. could be the title change absolutely you can also see that closing the show as well yeah. well we will preview the yes. whole whole card tomorrow uh i just want to quickly run through the new japan card sure. from sunday um this was a rare new japan card that i would not recommend going out of your way to see it was um it was their backlash. Um, Yuji Nagata and Ren Narita opened up the show. This was the Hinokuni show uh, from Sunday in Kumamoto. Uh, Yuji Nagata and Ren Narita took on Tomiyuki Oka and Shota Amino. Went 9 minutes, 42 seconds. And featured Nagata and Umino. They've had a, they had a singles match over the past month. They have very good chemistry together. Nagata does with all of the various young lions and he, tra- Ren- he trains them, right? Yeah, he I mean he trains with all of them. Like he's he's in a really great role for these young lions mm-hmm. to work with. And Ren Narita to me has really escalated. This is a loaded uh, group of young lions, and he's been doing some tremendous work. Uh, Nagata won with an exploder, and then applied the Nagata lock for the submission. But Nagata always lets the guys get in some offense as well um, before eventually winning. Jay White, Rapongi 3K, and Rocky Romero took on David Finley, Jushin Thunder Liger, Tiger Mask, and Ryusuke Taguchi. Uh, kind of just built to Taguchi getting the hot tag and delivering hip attacks to all four men. Uh, they fought on the floor. It ended with Finley and Romero with Finley uh, ducking one of the forever clotheslines in the corner to hit the stunner, pinning Rocky Romero. Went seven minutes, 19 seconds. Um, if I'm not stating otherwise, just take it as average at best. Uh, Tomohiro Ishii and Toru Yano took on Togi Makabe and Toa Hanare. Hanare and Ishii had this great match over the past week. Um, this was a maybe above average tag match. Uh, Hanare blocked a brain buster from Ishii, but then on the second attempt, Ishii was able to hit it and pin Han- pinned Hanare at 7.57. Kenny Omega, Kota Ibushi, Yujiro, and Chase Owens take on Zack Sabre Jr., Taichi, Takeshi Azuka, and Taka Michinoku. And Omega has done away with all the gray. He has dyed his hair. It is all blonde. Mm-hmm. Following in Cody Rhodes' 
hairstyle. I mean, I, I t- I'd take it to look more like his like um, Golden Lovers run. By the way, on Ring of Honor this past weekend, there's a promo with Cody and yeah. Brandy. Yeah. And Cody just cuts this promo and is he's mocking like wrestling journalists and all the people that have called Dalton Castle's ROH title run a failure. And he said, I don't take Dalton Castle uh, for granted. And I'm coming after one thing. And then Brandy's like signaling for the belt around her waist. And Cody just deadpans. Are you pregnant? <laughs> She's like, God, no. <laughs> and it's just <laughs> it was a funny a like 60 second promo. So random. Yes. Um, what I enjoyed about this eight man was the tease of Omega and Zack Sabre Jr. That oh, yes. is kind of a fresh match that they seem to be teasing a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, Omega got, got dumped to the floor after him and Ibushi went for the golden trigger. We also saw Omega and Ibushi hit the cross slash, which I'm never going to watch that move now and not be thinking of Long Beach. There's a cross slash and also you had Yujiro and Owens do uh, opposite uh, suicide dives. You watched this card? Yeah. Oh, I saw oh. I saw that match and I saw the main event. Oh, but, okay. But instead of like an X, it was like almost like an asterisk. Yeah, it was an asterisk. Yeah, yeah that's a pretty good description of it because yeah, we had Yujiro and Chase hitting suicide dives to mm-hmm. complement it. Uh, Zach blocked a package pile driver by Owens applying the octopus submission into a Fujiwara armbar. It's very hard to decipher his different submissions now. It's they all have like fucked up names. Yeah, but. the the orienteering with Napalm Death. I know it when I see it. That's one he's like really focused on over the past month. But the rest of them are like a lot of them are so subtle in differences. Yeah. But what I liked about this, and I'll bring this up in the main event, it's that Zach's submissions you tap instantly. Right. And it's go- and the moves are over. Mm-hmm. Um, then they aired a video uh, promoting the fact that Bone Soldier will return. Not played by the no the New Japan. No, dude. it's going to be somebody new playing him. It's been rumored if it was going to be uh, Taiji Ishimori, who's been working with Impact and left Noah recently. If it's him, I mean, it's, why, kind, of a, it's a kind of a shitty gimmick for him, him but yeah. it's his inroads into New Japan, I guess. <laughs> but, I mean, talented guy, but shitty gimmick. Maybe it's Chris Jericho. It could be a great angle to introduce somebody where it's just somebody under a mask and then it, it's a big reveal of somebody important. Um, Kazuchika Okada, Will Ospreay, Hiroki Goto, and Yoshihashi versus Hiroshi Tanahashi, Kushida, Juice Robinson, and Michael Elgin. Uh, Chaos took out everybody and they did their pose over uh, Juice Robinson, um, which is a spoof on like a, a restaurant commercial. Um, Osprey and Kushida were in together. Um, Osprey has introduced a new move now called the... Uh, the Stormbreaker. Stormbreaker. The Stormbreaker. It's, it's the... Avengers thing. Oh. Sorry. We'll, we'll get... I don't spoiler. Wanna, hey, that's not a spoiler. Uh, Elgin got tagged spoiler. in. He's going to be challenging Goto next because uh, Goto retained his title this week over the Never title over Juice Robinson, which was uh, really, really strong. Probably better than anything on this show. Um, so Elgin and Goto are going to have a match down the road. Um, ended with Tanahashi hitting sling blades to both Okada and Yoshihashi and then one with the high fly flow. Uh, the major thing was afterwards. Okada was selling the sling blade really heavy but then he recovered and he just charged the Tanahashi afterwards on the floor. They had to be separated and Tanahashi broke away, jumping at Okada. And um, this was like their final kind of angle before um, the big match on Friday. And each blocked tombstone attempts by the other. Um, so their match is headlining Dontaku on Friday. And for all we know, that it could be their last big singles match together, potentially. Bushi 
versus El Desperado. Uh, this match wasn't bad. Um, they did some decent stuff together. Bushi hit his lightning spiral, uh, landed a Hurricane Rana off the turn turnbuckle with Desperado standing on the middle rope, and then Desperado applied the stretch muffler, numero dos, and Bushi reached the bottom rope and returned with a Canadian Destroyer and an MX, and then he set up for the the Super MX coming off the second turnbuckle when Yoshinobu Kanemaru, who was going to be in the next match, showed up and attacked him for the rare DQ at 10 minutes. So kind of a shitty finish here. Desperado was going to unmask Bushi when Hiromu Takahashi ran in and it was like ECW where we just instantly transitioned into the next singles match and they continued. Um, these two had a better singles match. Um, Takahashi attempted the time bomb, but Kenemaru grabbed the referee, tossed him to the floor. This did not generate a DQ, by the way. Uh, but this allowed Desperado to return. They double-teamed him. They were going after um, Bushi as well, who returned. And then Kenemaru missed with the whiskey, sprayed Desperado in the face. Then Bushi sprayed Kenemaru with mist, and Takahashi hit a time bomb. All this mist, all this spray, the time bomb, that only led to a two-count. So Takahashi had to run Kanemaru into the corner off his shoulders, hit a second time bomb for the win at 11.28. Then into our two title matches. The first one was Evil and Sonata against Killer Elite Squad. Uh, This was very good. I thought this was maybe the best match on the show. Um, Lots of brawling all over the place. Um, Evil and Sonata attempted a magic killer, but they were stopped by Davy Boy. And then they set up a table on the floor, which came into play later uh, when they were able to get Sonata and ended up taking him off the apron with a killer bomb, putting Sonata through the table on the floor. Um, Archer yanked Red Shoes to the floor, breaking up a pin attempt later. And then Archer set up a chair in the corner and Archer was the one who was thrown in. Evil took the chair, put it around Smith's neck and hit it. Darkness falls, Smith kicked out, and then Sonata took out Archer on the floor, and Evil won with the Everything is Evil STO at 18 minutes. Really good tag match, I thought, between um, these two teams. And then the main event for the Intercontinental title was Minoru Suzuki and Tetsuya Naito. Very hot crowd for Naito, right as the bell began. Suzuki is mocking Naito, doing his own pose on the mat as Naito's on the floor. Suzuki buried him in a chair, wrapped his arm around the guardrail, but Naito made it back in. And then Suzuki targeted the knee, and he had him in the knee bar forever. And Naito's screaming in pain, but no one bought this. No one was believing that Suzuki was going to tap him out. And this is where I feel that you can go too far with submissions, that you want long, prolonged selling for the drama. But in doing so, people... Don't look at this as a legitimate submission hold and that no one gets into this. Well, has he finished people with the knee bar in the past? Like It's rare. It, it's very rare, which it, to me, it just, it kills the drama of this. It's yeah, just, to me, it's... I didn't take it as necessarily like uh, any type of um, finish. Like, I just thought it, he was just wearing down Naito. I just thought it went for way too long for, for the amount of focus on it. And then Naito just like recovered. He got out of this. He made his comeback and... Suzuki went for a rear naked choke, which Naito was able to flip out of. Brainbuster, Destino, and he won in mm. 30 minutes, which was another factor for me. It was 30-23, which it was just too long. It's just all their main events now go 30 minutes, and it would not kill these guys to just do a 20-minute match and 
not always had that expectation that they're going 30. Well, I would say on paper, uh, and given the amount of build that this match had, I think it deserved probably a, a, that length of time. Uh, but uh, perhaps the content wasn't enough to justify that length. Like, I saw... And this was like an interesting match coming out of it because I think everybody had very high expectations for it. And for a lot of people, a lot of very respected uh, opinions, uh, yourself included, it was a disappointing match between two people who are two of the best performers right now. Um, yeah, on paper, you would have thought this would be dynamite. It just wasn't. And maybe yeah. it was several factors. Yeah, for me, like, I, this was almost kind of like um, maybe like Styles and Nakamura, but like a smaller version. Mm -hmm. But I kind of stood on the other end where I didn't really have that high of an expectation necessarily for this match. So I came out of it just like, oh, okay, yeah, it was just a de decent match. But it seems like uh, for a lot of people... They expected a lot more between these two. Uh, if I had to recommend two matches over the past week, um, not from this show, but the uh, the Goto Juice Robinson match I mentioned that happened uh, on Friday, and as well the Champion Carnival uh, final with uh, Kento Miyahara and Naomichi Marafuji, which I'll chat about more with WH on Wednesday. But those two matches, I'd highly recommend. All, All right. right, we are going to get to the Avengers, but first, we feedback. Want to get through your feedback to Raw and tonight's rating way. A 6.53. Crowd couldn't save it for to see our forum, but still a passing grade. Yeah. Brandon from Oshawa. A real good main event and a hot crowd saved this show for me. I just don't understand why is it why it is so difficult to book someone strong in their hometown. Everyone <laughs> knew Zayn and Owens were going to be super over tonight, so why not give them something strong? I get that they are heels and you don't want them to be cheered, but they won't get the same reaction every week. They will get a good reaction, though. If fans see them booked strong in their hometown, they will look like stars to other towns, yet they constantly do this over and over again in people's hometown. It's not a new thing, but it's sickening and stupid. Also, I'm sick of rematches. For as big as the roster is, they have too many of them. And why is Kurt Angle getting random hometown jobbers their match requests? His ineptitude continues. Oh. It's such a lost cause about the, the hometown or home provincial stars. I'm, I'd love to hear their explanation. Because, I mean, I, I feel like their company line would be that they don't do... That's not a rule at all. It's just coincidence. We book according to what the story requires. Um, but interrupting Roman Reigns, like they they knew what reaction they were getting. So yes. they played to it there. Yeah. But yeah. then they were going to take it back later. So it's, it's kind of a mixed it's, it's, it signal. It is a perplexing question. We go to Mark from Vaughn who uh, says, the Montreal crowd really added something to the atmosphere tonight. It says a lot about how over Braun is right now that he got cheered in the opening segment, even though he was talking, taking out the hometown heroes. It Doesn't it just make sense to have Braun win the title from Brock clean at Money in the Bank or SummerSlam and give him a chance to run as the top guy? Yes. I, I'd go with it at this point. Yeah. He would be my choice to he, go with it. It, might, it may not work long term, but it certainly, I think, short term, you owe it to him he, to at least see. He definitely feels strong enough for that position. I guess the question is where you go from there with Braun Strowman as your champion. I mean, it's very much like the Andre thing they talk about in the documentary. If you have a guy that strong as your champion, who can conceivably take it off of him? Yeah, you, it's a big problem with, with heels, especially on Raw, that you don't have a whole lot of them. Uh, ready. Uh, even if you turn Finn, um, mm -hmm. there'll be a lot of work getting top heels ready for them. And lo look what they've done with, like Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn are not main event heels at the oh moment. Oh my god! I, after tonight, I don't well, see them going up against. Way outside of, I mean, <laughs> they are when you go through the heels on this show. Yeah. Like Joe's gone. Yeah. Like they are relied upon now to be top heels, and they're not. Mm -hmm. So that's to me a bigger issue. Um, 
If only you had someone that you could turn, that would be an instant feud for Braun. I don't know who, though. Tyler from Orlando. Man, Montreal was on fire tonight. What a great crowd. I really wish the commentary team would stop bickering with each other about the smallest of things. If Cole and Coach were back in 2006 with current Corey Graves, this announcing would be much better. Drew McIntyre is the last man I want to be holding his phone for a selfie promo, although I still have high hopes for this duo. He's got longer arms, though. He so does. He can get a wider angle. Yes. Um... Main event was really fun. I'm convinced it was going to end in a non-finish with possibly the Miz interrupting. So Seth winning clean after a great finishing sequence was a nice way to cap off a decent show. Do you see Braun or Bobby turning on each other this Sunday or will it just be a straight babyface clean win over Owens and Zayn? That's a great point. Bobby Lashley is someone you could turn for a big heel run. Well, I thought he was talking about Bobby Roode, but uh, yes. Lashley, Lashley would be the guy to turn. If you're, if you're, yeah, you're going to be indecisive with Roman, Bobby should be the guy. But... In a perfect world, I'd like to kind of establish Bobby first as having some connection with Braun. So the turn has an impact to it, but yeah. time isn't really on their side either. Yeah, yeah. I think Lashley could do pretty well. And I'd maybe save the turn for when Braun is champion. Yeah. Like, why turn him now and do this feud when it's not for the title? Mm-hmm. Save that feud as a championship program. Mm-hmm. We got a Chris from Melbourne, Australia. The crowd tonight seemed to be excited for a big show, but being sandwiched between two network specials, the in-ring product felt rather meh. Two quick questions. John, is payback scheduled for a four-hour four hour window, including the kickoff or longer? I think he means backlash. Yeah, it's a three-hour pay-per-view, one-hour kickoff, so four total. Okay. And, he, second- and a post-show, of course. And his second question is about the Avengers, which we uh, will talk about afterwards. Okay. Jay from Colorado. Lately, I've been thinking about how crowd behavior can affect the overall watchability of a WWE show. With that being said, what an amazing contrast tonight was to Friday's greatest Royal Rumble show. The matches weren't anything notable, but the energy of the crowd is what kept me into it. This wasn't the best Raw by any means, but a few good matches. The Hardy Wyatt sketch, a strong... I love how that made it into the highlights. (laughs) A strong main event and a super hot crowd made it an easy watch for me. Also, just wanted to share a short WWE-related dream I had last night. I always want to hear people's dreams. Yeah. The gist of it was that they took all that Saudi Arabian money and started to build unique sets for every pay-per-view again. <laughs> That'll never happen, but I can dream, right? <laughs> you, you literally can dream. Um, yeah. Is is that enough to... Uh, set design. Yeah. Is that enough of a justification to, to I guess, um, um, I don't know, satisfy all the critics of this show? Yeah. Uh, Compromise your own your own set of values and for pyro, yeah, and pyro for, and sets. That's what we're doing here. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, that's quite the dream. I wonder what that means about. Um, yeah. By the way, the yeah. um the WWE will be putting out their uh their first quarter earnings report on Thursday uh, this week, which will not include um Great. this past month. Uh, okay. So we won't know the yeah. the deal with Saudi Arabia. No WrestleMania business, but it will cover the the first quarter of so the we won't know those numbers until th- uh, three four months probably first week of august around that time when they put out the the second quarter and that's mm-hmm. going to be it's going to be an enormous quarter and mm-hmm. probably a lot of interesting stuff in there. uh we should also mention they announced the new the the next saudi arabia show yeah it's it's scheduled for november mm-hmm. in the in the state of in the main capital yes uh, uh joe carter says it's amazing to see how far Alexa Bliss has come since she made her debut a few short years ago. These moments of Bliss segments are fantastic, and I could see her making a transition to Hollywood in a few years if she wanted to. Oh, my goodness. I'd say it's a bit early to make that assumption. But you know what? Like, she... Eh, I would I would say her... Like, amongst all the rosters, she, I could see her... She... Uh, listen, to me, she is, like, one of the best 
performers that they have. I mean, not 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 the best wrestler they have, but in terms of just uh, delivery, personality, her acting. Yeah, she's been great. Last one is uh, Louie. The crowd tonight was fantastic. I have to echo Brandon's point. When you have two people who you knew would get reactions as big as Sammy and Kevin did tonight, why not book them to get the win, even if they accomplish it through their normal heelish methods? This reminds the point you made on the Backlash review where the WWE doesn't give fans those big payoffs, even though this one would have been a bit unorthodox. All right. All right. So if you have not seen... Avengers. Stop Infinity it right War. now. If I get one complaint about what we've talked about, I'm not just muting you, I'm blocking you. Okay? <laughs> so if you complain about what is said after this mark of the podcast, I'll know you didn't listen to this warning. You will be blocked. I might report you to Twitter, and Way is going to DM you I will, every day. I will Awful hit, jokes. I will hit you in the head with a block. Oh my if God. You complain. He will he will violently attack you. Okay. <laughs> um, so we are going to talk about the Avengers: Infinity War. Uh, I went and saw it over the past uh, weekend. John went and saw it on opening night, Thursday. Yeah. Yes. So tell me about your like. How much of the Marvel Cinematic Universe had you followed up until this point? Okay. Well, I got ready for this movie by arriving to the movie thirty minutes beforehand, where my friends were, and I asked them, uh, "Get me up to speed on the last two Damn. movies." What, what what have you seen? I probably have seen the last two Avengers movies, but I can't remember all the these. I know the characters. Have you seen like? I, I'm familiar the most with Guardians of the Galaxy, okay. so I was aware of that. I, I didn't know all the different people that were supposed to be in this. I had heard a rumor Spider-Man was to be in this, so I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, you realize this is like me talking about, like, uh, uh, I don't know, some some random Japanese wrestling promotion that I have no idea and just me nodding my head yes. the entire time. Yes. Um, no, I knew, I knew like the... All right, the, you knew enough. I knew the basics. You don't need to know that much. Basically, I, listen, that's one thing. I, I don't think you need to know, and, and I've watched the last two to yeah. understand this. It's a, very simple. A bunch of superheroes are going to chase after these magical rocks uh, that are scattered throughout the universe. Or actually, really, it's just a villain that's going after them, and the heroes are trying to stop him. One of the, one of the best villains, I, I think, that's been presented in a movie in me- recent memory. Your overall thoughts on the movie? I loved it. I thought it was so great. Um, I was so excited afterwards to find out that there is another Infinity War movie coming out next year. You thought year. this was the end? No, I knew I knew that there was another one. I didn't realize it was coming out so soon, though. Oh, yeah. It's they, out next May. They're already done filming. They're done. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I loved it, man. Like, I'm somebody who follows the MCU. That's what we call them. The MCU, like, very closely. Like, I, I rewatch movies and uh obviously a lot of the netflix shows but they don't really have much to do but like i watch i watch all of them in theaters um and i was so like looking forward to this one i've been looking forward to it for a long long time like to the point like i said you know where i block people or not block people but i've unfollowed all my regular comic book sources all my movie sources yeah Yeah, because i i wanted to go in completely pure like you don't understand john this was like this is such a feat in movie making. Like the idea that somebody made a plan or at, at least as, at some point evolved their plan to go from one movie and create this narrative that extends for uh, This is be- like a 10-year payoff with for between them, like for 19 Marvel. movies. Yeah. Dude, like wrestling 
doesn't last that long. You know, we're, we're lucky if we get a year-long storyline. This was like something that extends and, and, and like that long and involving however many characters and however many actors and they fucking nailed it man like this was the f- mm-hmm. I, I i mean okay we're gonna get into sports. okay who were who were the characters um give me like your three characters that you thought were presented best okay. and that had the biggest impact in the movie for you obviously thanos yeah that's the obvious like thanos this this was brock lesnar at SummerSlam 2014, where they booked for Heat. Uh, he just killed everybody. Yes, okay, sure, sure. But I would say if Brock Lesnar's motivations were a bit more, uh, I, I guess, developed and, and, and sympathetic. because like this- Brock Lesnar is Thanos. Sure. And it's really, it maybe some shortcomings yeah. on the Brock Lesnar character. because Oh, could you imagine Brock Lesnar with the Infinity uh, Gauntlet? If he had both title belts. I guess the, the belt really is, yes. He should have both. He had titles. five belts, the, yeah. the six belts, or whatever. Yeah, his leg wins the but, cruiserweight title. <laughs> but this this movie is really a Thanos movie. Like he is the main character of this of this thing, and it's almost like you're following his quest to achieve his goal. And it's the Avengers who are the people trying to stop him from doing it. And yes, uh, again, spoiler territory. He fucking accomplishes his goal, and at the end of the movie, it's it's a scene of him feeling completely satisfied that he has achieved his goal and and now he's got his complete full image he's sitting in front of his farm uh satisfied that half the universe is is gone um and it, even like i think to accentuate that at the end did you stay for the end credits did i stay for the end credits <laughs> i don't know if you do sake, that of I don't course know if you do that okay anyway so at the end of the credits it says instead of typically the avengers will return it says Thanos will return. And I think that just kind of underlines the fact that he is the main character of this particular movie. So Thanos, first of all. Um, Secondly, Gamora, I thought played a a very integral role. uh, Certainly, I would say, uh, has a bigger role for for this movie than, you know, even the Guardians movies. Oh, yeah. Um, I'd definitely say so. Yeah. I mean, really, of course, she's, you know, she's the daughter of Thanos. And so I think um, she has the most intimate relationship with Thanos and therefore... Um, probably some of the most emotional scenes, you know, involving her, uh, like when, when she, when she, you know, when she died, uh, when she, uh, uh, you know, like when she tried to get Peter to kill her, uh, before she could die. Um, I'm trying to think, uh, number three, I would say, well, first of all, who are you, who are your top two? Thanos top was definitely number one. I thought... Um, I'll go the opposite. I thought the ones that were not as, cause you're trying to balance out so many different characters that mm-hmm. I felt that, um, uh, I, I would say like black Panther, I didn't think had like a huge role. Nope. Certainly not. He didn't really appear until um, the end. And I don't think this was a movie for, for him. Certainly this wasn't a movie that was focusing on Steve Rogers at all. He had a very small role here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's probably something you'll see later on. Spider-Man had like, a prominent role, but I wouldn't say an important role. No, not at all. No, like I think his big thing was, uh, oh, was 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 the moment that he turned to Ash at the end, and and him like running into Robert Downey Jr.'s arms. Like I thought that was like a gut punch for a lot of people. Everyone turning into everyone yeah. disintegrating at the end. Did you see the uh, someone had a photo of? Sean holding on to Ric Flair after he beat him at WrestleMania and Rick's body is turning into the, uh, fuck. I didn't, I didn't see oh, that. Oh man. It was just oh, like okay. turning into uh, dust. Um, 
but I would say perhaps maybe my number three. Uh, maybe- you know what I was expecting was I thought after the opening scene where Hulk is decimated yep. and he can't turn into Hulk, I thought that was the big climax at the end was he would turn into Hulk. Yeah. I kind of like how they didn't deliver that. There's- I liked how there was no comeback at the end. Oh, yeah. You went off. Because my favorite, what I will remember most from this movie is right at the end and you can see the screen is starting to dim. Like, you know, the movie's over and there was an audible like gasp. Like there was a groan in the theater. Like, no, it can't end like this. Wow, really? I thought it was like, this was a wicked way to end this. Well, I mean, the fact that this was split into two parts, I knew that this was going to be the villain winning. Mm -hmm. You know, this was, this had to, um... This had to be at the Empire Strikes Back in order to set up number three. I will um, say my expectation is very high oh, of yeah. how they're going to be able. Like, I don't want to just see them be able to get control of the, these rocks and snap their fingers and everyone's brought back. Like, yeah. it better be something really satisfying because they're not killing off all these characters. I, I have enough trust in, like, the producers to, to yeah. like, I know a little bit about the production of, like, what's going on in number four. And I won't talk about that for people who, who do care, but... uh. It looks really interesting. Like, it looks really interesting. A guy I went to high school with worked on, like, the production of this. Really? Yeah, in in graphics. I don't know what his exact job was. He's, like, one of probably 20,000 people, but that's still pretty cool. Uh, But number three, I felt like maybe it's a little bit of a toss-up, but I would say in terms of, like, uh, character development and maybe... I would say Doctor Strange because, like, I don't know if you saw his his solo movie. It was, yeah, I haven't seen it. It was okay. Like, I think it's probably the weakest of the fa- of this current phase because all the Phase Three movies have been really strong. Like, mm-hmm. I'm talking Black Panther. Like, Thor Civil, was pretty Civil good in this. War, Ragnarok. Oh, Thor was great too. Thor was really good. Yeah, Thor was awesome. He was very funny. Now, do you um, think that uh, Loki and Gamora are gone? Do you think those are legitimate so, like, so characters like, killed off? I guess or no? it's, it's it's sort of like debated. You know, like. I think we can all assume that in the next movie they will reverse, you know, the people turning into Ash because there's no way, obviously, Black Panther or Spider-Man are dying. Uh, but these now, are hundreds of millions of dollars of yeah. value in these characters. All, uh, like, there's I mean, no some, way to... some people are are critical uh, that they even killed them at all because it telegraphs that hey, this isn't gonna last, right? Um, but uh, the the I guess the question is when the Avengers do res- reverse all the deaths at uh, up until what point can they reverse, you know, are they just reversing the, uh, reversing the, the, the snap of the finger ash, ash kind of de- deaths, or does it extend all the way to Gamora? Does it extend all the way to Loki? The thing is like Loki's died like three, uh, two or three other times. Mm-hmm. And I think this will probably be the last one. What if them going into ash, they can bring them back to life, but they are no longer these, they don't have these superpowers anymore. Um, they'll never do that. Like, like what? So Peter Parker's just Peter. You, you've got to. That's the story to tell. Mm, Problem is, you've done know. it with too many. There's like ten of them. Uh, I think that'd be yeah. cool if they came no. back, and you'd have to somehow get them back to this no. superpower. I don't think they'll do that. Well, <laughs> I'm just saying it better be. It better be more than just. Do you have any uh, critic criticisms? Criticisms of the movie. Um, what didn't work out so well for you? Um, I'm trying to think. The, definitely not the length. It, it flew by. Two two thirty was like I didn't feel it at all. Like I wanted more of it. Yeah. Uh, towards the end, I'll tell you. For me, I didn't really buy into the Scarlet Witch uh, Vision uh, romance all that much. Because like in between these movies, um, 
We've only seen him two, two oh, other I, times. Oh, I didn't know those characters at all, really. So yeah. I really had no attachment to him. We've only seen him two other times. And the first time was like in Age of Ultron when they were both introduced. And then the second time was like in Civil War when they're just starting to like, you know, like get to know each other. And now we're expecting to like believe that these two have like, are, are like so in love that like she is willing to sacrifice the universe in order to save this guy. I don't know. That that was a little bit tougher for me to buy, and that's just perhaps due to lack of screen time. Um, but uh, anyway, I'm trying to think of. Um, yeah, I I really enjoyed Spider Man last summer. I liked the movie. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I like Spider Man on his own in this ensemble. Yeah. Like he kind of feels like Screech. <laughs> really, like too much. Yeah, and it, and it was like he's not even a different character than yeah. the movie that's based around him. But I kind of like watching him where the movie is built around him. Whereas yeah. here, he's just kind of the. Well, I would say like the thing that makes the Marvel movies, I, I would say probably very different from so many of the comic book movies uh, that are out there uh, that existed before, uh, is is like it's it's huge. I think. Uh, uh, I don't know reliance on comedy mm-hmm. for a lot of their heroes, and as a result, you have a lot of heroes who quip and probably did you like drax in the movie i did like him I, I but i'll be honest like i one of the main criticisms of marvel movies is that they do too much comedy yeah. sometimes in, yeah. in times when like scenes are supposed to be very tense they might you know a joke is like nice to break up tension but sometimes they might over rely on that and i think that varies for for various people depending on what I don't know. What, I thought they were cognizant of that in this movie with so many characters that they dialed it down for Tony Stark as opposed to yes. a movie based around him where mm-hmm. it's tons of that. And but, this movie, he felt like he was kind of the the moral center here. Yeah. But I would say like maybe a part where maybe I felt that criticism was like with, with somebody like a Star-Lord or, or maybe... So I thought Drax was pretty funny overall, actually. I, I think but, he's very good delivering his lines. Yeah. I don't have a desire to see a whole movie built around him, which I feel is inevitable. No, no way. Oh, I think they'll do it. No, no, I don't think so. Jax is like your side character. Like he's your big oaf who's like, who's not fully fleshed out. You could argue Hulk is that too. And they won't do another Hulk solo. Yeah, but they've tried. Yeah, and there are probably reasons why they won't again. Um, But no, I I, I mean. How'd you feel about, uh, about him? With Mark Ruffalo as as Hulk. Oh, he's another guy who I felt like maybe was doing the kind of like twitchy, uh, kind of funny, like, I can't get it up, you know, Mark Ruffalo, maybe a little bit too much. Uh, But I mean, I I enjoy all of them. Like I sound like it's kind of hard for me to criticize anything because I think they're all so good. Uh, But maybe a little bit much on comedy some in some parts. But then again, like that's what kind of makes these movies what they are it's the it's the the community directors that are doing. so exp- explain the the final scene and who samuel l jackson is, is okay is so contacting because I, I had to ask about yeah, this after so post credits uh you see samuel l jackson who's nick Fury and, and maria hill and they disintegrate as well but not before samuel l jackson reaches for his pager and he sends a signal to captain marvel or who we're assuming is captain marvel and that's um do you know who brie larson is that her name Brie, is that? I don't even know. Yeah. Uh, so it's a it's another movie that's coming out uh, in March, and this is basically a a female superhero. Uh, the movie is set in the '90s, so mm-hmm. it's sort of like um, uh, 
It's telling you who this person is, how she got her powers, and where she's been all this time uh, before she makes her big comeback in uh, uh, part four, where I, I'm assuming she helps the Avengers save the day. And then there's also Ant-Man that's coming out this summer, right? Yeah. So do you think that Ant-Man is going to reflect what's no. happened in this movie? No, it's it's going to be set before. Uh, oh, it will be. Yeah, it's set after Civil War when Ant-Man is, is jailed and then uh, he'll break out. He'll be under house arrest and it'll kind of tell you a story between that and Infinity War. All right. And how does Captain America figure into any of this at all? Oh, what do you mean? Like, was he like, why was he not a character in this, for instance? In Infinity War? Yeah. He's Steve Rogers. (laughs) Oh, that's Captain America. I don't know any of this shit. I haven't seen any of the Captain America movies. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, why is it? Why does I don't know what to tell you. Why isn't he the guy then? <laughs> well, you had to have seen Civil War. I think Civil War is like if anybody who's interested War. in these, like I would say, you should definitely maybe watch the first. You should watch Iron Man. You should watch the Avengers, and I would say you should you could skip the second Avengers, but you should watch Civil War because that pretty much directly leads into this. Like so, he and Tony Stark um, had a falling out. Uh, and uh, they're no longer working together. They've started rival uh, factions, oh. the Avengers. So um, he was in this, John. Wow. Yes. Didn't even realize. Yes. <laughs> so yeah. I should watch these Captain America. How I many Captain America movies have there been? There are three. And There's been three? They're all pretty good, especially the last two. They're yeah. fantastic. Okay. I'm probably not going to get around to those. So anyway. All righty. That's it. Is there any more we, we should talk No. About? I uh, could talk about this shit like forever, but I mean, it's... It's almost two hours. I'm excited to see the next one. I was, I, I thought this was great. Yeah. It's fantastic. Yeah. It totally lived up to my expectations. Like I will go and watch it a second time. Uh, I always say that, but I never get around to it, but maybe this one I will. Yeah. I'm not going to see it a second time, but yeah, it was fun to watch. Now it it's like a whole new movie for you. You know who Captain America is? I could watch it completely differently yeah. now knowing that Captain America was actually in this movie yeah. and made uh, no impression at all. Yeah. No, he wasn't. He really was a background player. What I did uh, find interesting was that like... They basically killed off all the new people. Mm-hmm. So it'll have to be the original several Avengers that are going, going to right. save the day for the next one. And I, I like that. I like that. Do you, do you have a sense of who might actually die in the next one? See, I, I think you have to ultimately kill somebody. And I could see oh, yeah. it being Thanos that they ultimately... Well, obviously, yeah, the villain will die or will get put away somehow. Oh, and you're but... thinking one of the Avengers will actually die. Yeah. I, I don't think any of them are going to die. Well... We know the contracts might be running out for uh, either Tony Stark or, or um, Captain America. So, yeah, Captain America's dead to me anyway. So, <laughs> um, well, I guess I, I would say that if um, if Robert Downey Jr. is not committed to continuing it, there, yeah, there are rumors that both of them are because I don't know. That's continued. that's an that's an impossible role to fill. Yeah, he's defined this entire yeah. Marvel fr- blockbuster. Well, you can argue franchise. that he's he's kind of achieved all he could. Uh, you know, uh, in the, as this character, as a part of this big franchise, He's, his rate is not cheap either. So I'm sure they're thinking about that too. But think about like, oh, shut up! If you're Marvel and you're gonna, you're, I know whatever he's asking for, it's not enough. Yes, yes. This thing made 640 million this weekend. Oh, it's insane. But think about like the challenge that like the producers of this movie have, like to try to keep these secrets from coming out. You know. Think of like I, I have to wonder how many actual scripts there are out there, and like what, how, how dense the language is in all these NDA agreements that all these people have to sign. The, the they they're saying that like 
even the actors themselves don't know what's going on. They're given like fake scripts and they're just like, or just basically. Do they actually go to the extent of shooting multiple? I do think they so. They must. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So like. like think, think what the budget is of just um, diversion. It's insane, like, that that process. So, I mean, I would love one day to, like, just even get a behind-the-scenes documentary about, like, the making of some of these things or, or guarding of the secrets of some of these things. But, yeah. anyway, uh, some of my favorite favorite movies. All right. Well, uh, time to wrap this up. We hope you have enjoyed, folks. I learned quite a few <laughs> things about this movie after watching it just because of way. Yeah. All right. We will be back Tuesday night, folks. Rewind to SmackDown chatting Smackdown in Montreal. <laughs> you are going to get fact-checked so hard. I feel you fact-checked me already, though. Yes, pretty much. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I'm Give gonna, him a break, everybody. He's I'll a, block He you. spends all his time watching wrestling. Goodbye, folks. <laughs> How does Captain America figure in? <laughs> <laughs>